Welcome to Exploring the Industry, where we find out what God's doing in the entertainment world. I get to interview Christians from various entertainment industries. They share their stories of faith and transformation with you and I. I'm hosting people from many different backgrounds to share what God is doing and where he's shown up most in their lives and their careers through their highs and lows. We're believing to influence the narrative of how Christians perceive what God's doing in the entertainment industry around the world. If a picture is worth a thousand words, their story is worth a thousand sermons. Come join the conversation and welcome to the show. Darren Mormon is a producer that takes on huge real stories and creates movies out of them. He has been fortunate to work with industry leaders such as MGM, Lionsgate, and Paramount Pictures. He has been producing for over a decade and some of his more recent standout projects include Same Kind of Different as Me, starring Academy Award winning talent Renee Zellweger, as well as the movies Indivisible and Run the Race with Tim Tebow. Darren's success is not limited to just feature films. He has also successfully produced TV shows, and he created and executive produced a TV series with Lionsgate called Mark Hamill's Pop Culture Quest. Today, we're going to explore many stories of how God is truly Darren's production partner and has helped him find filming locations, talent, and projects. We are also going to hear about Darren's passion for true stories and what he's working on right now. Welcome to Exploring the Industry. I'm Sean Bowles, your host, and I'm here with Darren Mormon, who's one of my favorite people in the world. Here you are. Wow. Favorite, favorite people. You got Absolutely. A, you got a long list of favorite people, I bet. No, I'm yeah, not an exaggerator. Yeah. There's some things yeah. that I think you represent right now that you have been doing family well in the industry. You've been doing life well. You make great career choices. It's really amazing to watch you and your family. Just how Because you're part of our church, too. So we get to see yeah. you at yeah. kind of a local level, too. So it's fun to see just who you are. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on the show. It's I'm so great. glad you're here. I, I, in this show, for those of you who are watching, we are exploring just God in the industry, and we're creating a narrative, a conversation for what he's doing. And some of your industry people, it's insightful to you. It helps to, to give you language for your journey. And then some of you enjoy entertainment. You enjoy this industry. You enjoy film, television, modeling, fashion, these kinds of things. And so Darren is a producer. And as you hear from him, I think it's going to really shape your view of what God's doing in this industry because God's doing so much. So much. And it's you're incredible. part of that. Yeah, it's incredible. Love it. So your most recent movie, we got to go to the premiere with you. Thank you for inviting oh, us. Oh, yeah. It was so fun to have you and your wife there. Well, yeah. it was the first time Cherie's gone to something in over two years like this. Wow. Because we've been so busy with little kids. Yeah. And she said, I have to go see their movie. And she, she was so touched. She was crying. We, were, we both laughed. I didn't cry, but we both laughed. Well, yeah. Look, I don't, I don't want to make movies where first thing people say is, "Oh, I cried." A lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a motivator to get yeah. people to go to the theater. Uh, hopefully, we entertain them and and they laugh and maybe a tear snakes no, out. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a good storytelling. That, yeah. Like, especially the two main characters <clears throat> were we were obsessed, especially with the, your lead actor. Oh. I just feel like he has so much on his life, and so he. What is his name? Tanner. Tanner. Uh, by the way, uh, so so do my wife and I. He comes to our house. Uh, wow. we, just, we just love him. Like I felt like we were watching somebody who's going to be in the next Avengers or something. It just felt like someone so significant. There, there's no doubt. I've signed a three picture deal with him, and nice. he's, he's already job. he's already done a second movie with me. So, uh, uh, yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, he's an incredible actor. So he brought so much life into your movie that it was like, I felt like when you have people who you you help pick those people, which is really fun that brings so much to it. It's so much easier to get the fullness out of it. So that was really fun for us to just sit there with all of your friends and all the people who created the movie and just say, well done guys. This is amazing. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. You know, picking the actors for me is one of the most important things because yeah. who's, who's, who's going to actually tell the story in an authentic organic way that the audience is going to connect with. And do you do most of the casting yourself? 
Well, I, I'm definitely involved. Unfortunately, on, on that film or in the race, I, I got final decision, and Good. so uh, so I I got to choose uh, Tanner, and um, I think he killed it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did. Well, tell us some of the feedback. Tell us some of, like, when you make a movie like this, you're putting your heart on the line. You're super emotionally invested. You're spiritually invested. This is Tim yeah. Tebow, who's involved for his first time. Yeah. You guys yeah. have a lot at stake financially, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Like, tell us some of the feedback. Oh, uh, well, f first of all, yeah, Tim Tebow signed on, and which is a great thing. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, it's, it's, it makes it even more challenging because you know what his brand is and you know you have to deliver on his brand yeah. and deliver a story that he'll get behind and back. And so fortunately we were able to do that, uh, you know, and then, you know, from a, from a financial perspective, which people care about in my industry, yeah. uh, the movie is already past break even the investors yes. get their money back and we'll all see, you know, a little bit of profit on the film, which is really important for continuing to tell great stories. Yeah. So, uh, but from a, you know, from a, a filmmaker that has a has a different uh, idea as well as when I go into making a movie of what's the impact going to be on culture. Uh, I got a, uh, to invite someone to the premiere. I won't mention their name, and it was it was really incredible because uh, he and his wife loved the loved the film. Good. And little did I know that he would take his his family to see the film, uh, and and he just said that that one of his daughters was incredibly impacted by the mm. film. And so you, you don't, you don't expect that the movie's going to really have an impact on some of your friends. You, you, you hope it plays in yeah. middle America and, and it touches the world. Uh, but when your friends call you and say, Hey, let's go to lunch. Let's talk about you know, what your movie has done in my family. Yeah. Uh, and it was rare, very, very special because I have a huge respect for this guy. Yeah. Uh, so. No, I mean, I, I can't imagine you finish a film and people are saying their families are changed by it in the industry because so many faith-based films so for so many years, I know the narrative's changing, the the course is changing, but so many were looked at as like lifetime original movies, which oh, yeah. are, I mean, that's a, that's a good channel. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's its own thing, but um, I'm, I'm trying to make a movie with lifetime. Yeah, so we're, we're not yeah, it's definitely not, not, we're not lifetime. against, yeah, yeah, but I mean like yeah, I, I yeah. have a joke. No, like I love yeah. the sci-fi channel. Yeah. I actually watch it. Yeah. And I my sister and my mom, they're like, how can you watch this crap? You know, like yeah. how could you, and then they watch like Hallmark movies in lifetime, which I like sometimes, but most of the time I don't. So I think everybody has their own genre, but, but faith based movies had a certain feel usually end time, you know, feel. And then all of a sudden oh. everything changed and you're part of both the, the secular industry and then the full faith based industry, but you take them to feature. So yeah. you really do something that's just behind the scenes. It's usually feature. And so what's that like for you as far as that change? Because you're one of the people who's helping to change the reputation of it. First of all, the stigma. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I, I think, well, first of all, I think I have to say this because my company is, is Reserve Entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll appreciate this. Reserve Entertainment, for me, uh, it comes from Jesus' first miracle of turning water into wine. Yeah. And the guy running the wedding party says, hang on, where did this reserve wine come from? Oh, okay. So it shows that Jesus cared about the quality of the wine. He didn't just care about meeting a need. He cared about the, because he could have, you know, given two buck chops. Oh, that's really you, good. Uh, you know, and so yeah. instead he brought out a Camus, which I think you and I can both <laughs> both, uh, both appreciate. Yeah. Uh, don't send me scripts, send me bottles of Camus. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, and then, but the second thing that the guy run the wedding party said was it actually goes against our culture yeah. to bring out the reserve wine second. Uh, and I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to create content that's going against our current culture right now. Wow. Uh, and so that, that's where reserve entertainment comes from. The, the brand, the heartbeat of it. 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I am focused on quality and I yeah. think, um, that's, that's important. Not, not only at the script level, but who the actors are and all the way through the music. Yeah. And I think run the race for me, one of my favorite films, as far as the soundtrack, me too. the, the music on it. Yeah. And it was just, it was on a, point. It like, was just, sure. yes. I sat there. It was the first movie in a long time. I wanted the soundtrack too. And I just thought that's so funny. That's a faith-based film. And I want the soundtrack of this film. Because I'm not a faith-based music listener. Uh, I'll, I'll, listener. I'll, I'll send you the Spotify yeah. soundtrack. No, it's, uh, it's amazing. So, no, it's you guys did such yeah. a good job. Yeah, so. Well, let's go here because I, I love the current story. But let's go into some – because one of the things we're doing exploring the industry is we're looking at the people who are paying a price and living lives here. You know, And yeah. you, you are rare because you bring your family, your two sons yeah. and your wife. Yeah. You bring them with you whenever you film on set. You guys were just in Egypt? We were just in Amman, Jordan. Oh, that's right, in Jordan. You guys were in Jordan filming, and you were there for several months. Three and a half months, to be exact. Yeah. So uh, that's yeah, a huge it, sacrifice. It, but it, there's something about your family value system where you guys made a decision you're going to do this at least in this season together. And this isn't the first time. There's a lot of different times now. Uh, every time we we have every we time have, since when? Well, since we've been married, we wow. my wife and I've been married 14 years. And so then, she's gone with you. I didn't know yeah, this to yeah, everything. Yeah. So, wow. I, yeah, we've just made, we've made that commitment to, uh, you know, we, we see, we, see, I, I see what happens on movie sets when, yeah. when, when people are away from their spouses and, you know, for three and a half months, you know, and so, uh, it's just, it's just an important thing for what, what we do. Yeah. So, uh, but it's a sacrifice too. Yeah. Know? Well, I mean, they, they're homeschooled because they go with you guys. Yeah, that's way. right. So. Yeah. I think that they, they're getting a different quality of life experience. Their school of life is so huge. <laughs> Going to Jordan. I mean, like, give me a break. Yeah, they did everything. They were yeah. Petra, Petra and Wadi Rum. And, and you know, yeah, we went to Jerusalem and Bethlehem. And, you know, I, mean, and I was what, watching what, your Instagram feed just going, yeah. this is so amazing for them. I was just thinking how their life is getting shaped. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But I know it is a price. I mean, it's a sacrifice it, it's, for family. It is. It, it for sure is. And Krista has... Um, been a, been a real trooper but she plays a massive role in what we do yeah uh in fact um you know when we, we've worked with people like renee zellweger on same kind of difference me and you know and, and krista and renee uh you know just became best buddies and you know because of me being so focused on making the movie she just brings love and just pours it out mm -hmm. on the casting yeah, crew yeah um so so you know it's it's a it's a great extension of what of what we do now, how many times has Krista been in the in movies that you've done? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, she's she's definitely making cameo appearances. Which is so uh, fun. Yeah, which is so it's a good perk. Which is so fun. So uh, yeah, she so, pays a big price to be there. So yeah, it's a yeah, good yeah, perk for yeah. Her to yeah just it's enjoy. it's great, and and you know my kids were in Run the Race, which, yeah, which was is so, so fun to watch. So fun, and I was expecting you though with them. No, you know what? I I I, I, I did that 13 years ago in on a movie I was making in Mexico, and I decided I won't do that again. It, it, it was too hard to just make the movie and, and get stuck yeah. uh, in front of the camera when I got too many issues going on behind the oh, camera sure. that I need to fix. And, you know, so yeah, uh, I'm, I won't do that. Yeah. Okay. So where is probably the biggest time that you could tell us that God showed up? And because we know that, you know, as someone who's a Christian who's in this industry, <clears throat> if God doesn't show up sometime, things crash, things fall apart. Even when God does show up, sometimes things fall apart. I mean, oh, it's just such a goodness. unique industry. Yeah, it, it, so it, where are some highs that you could see or or some lows where God showed up? Well, you know, you know, I, I shared this with you before on, on your on your podcast. Uh, but I, I 
you know, when I decided to write a manifesto and sort of had my Jerry Maguire moment yeah. and go, okay, God, what, what have you created me to do? What stories you want me to tell? Uh, I decided to launch my own company. So out of that re reserve entertainment came and, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I'm fired up about this and I'm going to go do this. Uh, and, which meant saying no to just taking jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I went, you know, literally went 18 months without a paycheck Oof. Uh, and married and two kids and passed up on two high paying producer jobs, but they weren't the, the things that I was supposed to be doing. When you were passing up on them, did you think you were going to break through the next day? Uh, I, I literally, you know, I was trying to get same kind of difference as me made. Okay. And so I was on that journey to get that movie made. So I didn't expect it to be 18 months. Yeah, because that's like that was a best-selling book. The best-selling book, and they go around and speak together. Yeah, yeah. or they did. Are they yeah. still doing that? Well, unfortunately, Den passed away. Denver passed away. A couple Denver of years passed ago. away. Yeah, so they were going around and speaking. So you have this huge audience of people who want to hear the story and see yeah. the story, and then it took longer than you thought. So you're passing up on opportunities that would have been like cash cows, exactly for this project you feel assigned to from both God and just it's just your project, your company. Yeah, and so 18 months is a long time. That's past midnight. Oh, 18 months is, it was brutal. Uh, you know, and I'm a sports guy. So taking, taking points off the board is not, not, yeah. a, not a good idea, uh, especially financially in this town where it's so expensive. Uh, so So what did you guys do in that 18 months? I mean, that's a huge stretch. Like what, what did that look like for your faith as a family? I mean, that's because your whole family is paying a price at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, as my wife would put it, a lot of beans and rice. Um, wow. yeah, it's just, yeah, we just had to, uh, tighten up and un unfortunately we, you know, we spent, uh, spent savings and, yeah. uh, but we believed that we were supposed to do this and we, we had to, we had a couple gut checks in there going, yeah. do we really hear from God here? Um, you know, maybe, maybe my Jerry Maguire moment was just me having you know, yeah. pizza or something, but, um, so yeah. in that, though, you probably had a lot of confirmation because you got Greg Kinnear involved, Renee Zellweger, people that were high, high-profile people yeah. that you were able to, you personally were able to land those into yeah. the movie, which is really unique. So I'm sure that you had this, like, massive affirmation, but there's still the budget crisis of, like, it's not coming through yet. Yeah, there's there no doubt. So, yes, when, when, it all, when it all came together, it was very, very clear that this is exactly what God had called us to yeah. do. But in the midst of it, we had a lot of doubts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But we did, so we the did. movie comes out, your company is launching because the movie's coming out. How how was that in that season? Was it a roller coaster of highs and lows? Was oh, it all high? Was oh, all, you know, roller coaster of highs and lows for sure. Because I felt like we made a pretty good movie, um, you know. And it's it's there's you know, you, it, this is this is not any new information. But while I while we were in post production, same kind of difference as me, uh, Paramount Pictures. Uh, pretty much everyone there got released and they replaced everyone from the top down. Oof. And so I, I really ended up being, you know, what, what I consider to be a great film without, without a studio champion because all the people that I had been working with were no longer at, at Paramount. So okay. that was, you know, it was a challenge. You're just like, wow. Uh, but, but I knew all along I was supposed to make the film and, yeah. and, and I think it's just been a great foundation builder for me as a, as a filmmaker, but also for my company. So, uh, yeah, I told you when I watched that uh, movie for the second time, because I watched it one time, I couldn't go yeah. when you guys invited us, I think. not. I, I don't think we were around for the premiere. We didn't know you guys yet, but um, when it was coming out. And 
I ended up watching it a second time on a plane. The friend of mine, I was sick, and a friend of mine sent me home on his plane. And so his pilots and the flight attendant were concerned because I was crying. And I actually got really touched by the movie. The first time I watched it, was just like, oh, this is good. But the second time, I was like, I feel like watching that movie, which I'm not a two-time movie watcher. Yeah, so for me, yeah. and I was really touched. So they ended up all watching it, and they got really, really touched by that movie. And they none of them were believers. And they just got so touched by the lives. And I think, you know, it's so funny because we live in this kind of society right now where racism is such a hot topic. Mm. But then everyone who makes the thing about racism, it's so scrutinized in a different way. It's not yeah, It's not like the 80s or the 90s where it's like, oh, that was a feel-good movie. Thank God. But this is a true story that was told really well. Thank and you had both you. the critics and then you had all kinds of people saying, this is awesome. So you have Rotten Tomatoes is over here on some critics and then over here on audience participation who are like, "This we love this movie so much. And then you have these guys who are like, uh, you know, we've heard this story before. And what, did that affect you at all? Like. Uh, well, I mean, look, you, you, you always want, you always want everyone to yeah. love you, period, right? I mean, you know, that's human nature. And as yeah. a filmmaker, when you're, when you're working so hard on a story and a script and actors and yeah, you want the audience to love it. And, but there's no way to please everyone. Just like you were talking about earlier, you know, you might, your wife might like Hallmark, but you might like sci-fi, yeah. you know? And so you know, there's no way you're going to please everyone. And you just have to believe that you did your best in making the best possible yeah. version of that story. And that's so and, as a filmmaker, could you though separate really easily? Like, because the, the feedback, even me saying these two pilots, one of them actually gave his heart to God after this. Wow. So, so you have those kinds of feedbacks coming in as far as how the movie changed people's lives. And then you have industry people who are going to have whatever opinions. Does the negative ever outweigh the positive in your heart? Or do you, are you pretty good at compartmentalizing? I, I you know, I, I hope at this point, 20 years into the journey, I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing, but yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, again, it's still, still there, Yeah. you know, and you know, oh, if we would have done this, we could have tweaked this part of the story. You always look back yeah. and, and second guess, but, but for sure, when you finish a project and you hear the stories, the impact that it's having, you know, I mean, I hear all around the world. In fact, uh, same kind of difference. Me actually opened up a film festival in South Korea. Wow. Um, and just go, wow, that's, that's, amazing. that's amazing that, you know, that's just huge to know that, that God's using your, your content worldwide. Yeah. That's a, that's a big deal to me. So, yeah. uh, and to, and to hear it, well, and touching I think pilots. That, I'm just thinking of people who are in the entertainment industry who are in their first five years, like you're saying yeah. 20 years in and your first five years of whatever genre it is, you know, it's like, there's, there's always so much hard and no one, no one trained you to be someone who could expect to have to navigate some of those kind of, that's a lot of heaviness. Like no, even people I know who had an instant start in the entertainment industry, like they got, they just got lucky or they got blessed three movies in, they hit that wall of like, Oh my gosh, this, this yeah. industry is brutal with, yeah. you know, opinions and, and experts and all these kinds of things. And you could be doing amazing. And there's this whole subculture of people who thinks you're the worst thing in the world over here. And it's yeah, like, absolutely. you have to like, you have to stay so grounded, but as a producer, cause you're kind of producer to me are the dads and the moms yeah, of the whole thing. That's good. So like where you set your tone, everybody else kind of goes in the yeah. project. And yeah. so have you found that to be true? Like, like some of the ways you've had to set the tone for no matter what's going on, like you celebrate a certain way that everybody else kind of follows. There's no, there's no doubt. In fact, my, um, yeah, you, you bringing that up is definitely a prophetic word because my wife's always called me a tone setter. She, you, yeah. I don't know this about her. She's a worship leader. Uh, uh, and it doesn't surprise me because she dances uh, and freaks out. Yeah, yeah. Worship the whole time. Uh, and so she, I love it. Uh, whenever she has led worship, 
she's always asked me to come up and share like a two or three minute sort of tone setting wow. word. Um, and so I definitely view that of you, our family is that we try to do that on every set that we try to model and set a tone wow. for, for how, you know, how to, how to do it in a way where we can do it without screaming and yelling at people and, uh, and, and still make an incredible film. Yeah. In fact, uh, this film we just did, um, one of one of our actors who you know we we fell in love with all the actors. But one of our actors in particular is actually from Egypt, and and he he just would come hang out in our hotel room, oh. and uh, and we just had such a great time. And he goes, I have never been around. He's from Egypt. He's like, I've never been around producers who aren't screaming and yelling at people. Wow. Um, he goes, he goes, it's just so unique. Yeah. Um, and you know. Yeah, and I think you probably you probably don't realize how unique you are because you're just you. But you coming into like, I mean, anyone who's been in the industry for a while, like I've met so many producers and I was more in the video game industry, but, yeah. but I mean, it is different. It's like, there's mo most people are transactional. They just want their job done Yeah, and they yeah. just move on fast. Yeah. And you guys actually, you kind of have this pastoral heart where it's like, and father's mother's heart where it's like, we love you. You're amazing. Like Krista is such an encourager oh, yeah. and she just creates an atmosphere of encouragement around her. So it's just, I'm sure seeing a family engaged probably tells a different yeah. story to everybody around you. Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. Uh, in fact, we host something called Industry Night, and uh, we had one of our actors uh, in, uh, you know, and he, he was sharing some of his stories, and I, yeah. which I'll share one in a second because I think it's important. Uh, but when he showed up to Industry Night and he steps up on stage and he sees my wife in the audience, uh, and he said that Krista was the first one to greet him when he landed in Birmingham, Alabama. Nice. He's the dad on, on Run the Race. And, and he said he just called her a love fountain. He said, oh, he, so said he, he said, so he said I was just so welcomed onto the set, you know, and he pointed her out in the audience. And, you know, one of the one, one of the amazing things about this guy, Chris Palaha, uh, and what, what he shared on Industry Night was was the fact that he's got an incredible long career. He's been on seven. He's been a lead on seven different television. And I've seen him forever. I've seen him uh, and so, you know, he's he's just an amazing actor. But when I called him and asked him to be in this film, uh, just because it's expensive to live in this town, he he and his wife looked at each other that week and said, we can either put gas in the car or we can feed our family this week. They were, wow. And when I called him um, and, and offered him a considerable amount of money to come to Birmingham, Alabama to play this role, um, he was over you know, here in L.A. praying, and I was in Birmingham praying, and sure enough, God sort of met, a, met us in the middle and uh, answered both of our prayers. But uh, you, wow. th those are the things where you just go, wow. You would, you, it just touches me as a producer that I also get to employ great people yeah. uh, and help meet their needs and answer their prayers. Well, and that's part of what I think is interesting is that like he's been the lead and he's been a movie star for quite a while. Yeah. Re very recognizable. Yeah. Maybe not yeah. like an A-lister, but very recognizable. Yeah. And this is a story that you and I know is that, is that only like 5% of SAG works every year, which is screen actors guild. Yeah. And you could have had a good run for five years. And if you didn't manage that well financially, or if you just have a family, yeah, then you may run out and then you're still trying to be here for the next big break, which could be five years away. And so I think it's really interesting as you being somebody who gets to be a decision maker and, you know, we, we have a charismatic buzz where we call gatekeeper of Hollywood, you know, mm -hmm. which is kind of the, a word for, Jesus is the one who breaks open the gates, Micah 2.13, yeah. like the, he's the breaker. Yeah. And so you guys are helping to break some things open for people. But how many people it, it impacts, not just your actors, but then also 
all of the people who work with you and the atmosphere that you guys set all the way through. It's funny. I met a director who worked with you at a pizza place down the street in oh, Sioux City, yeah. and we were talking for a minute and he goes, yeah, I was pretty much burned out in Christianity and in God. And then I just worked on this incredible project and he just kept talking about it, like just over and over. Like he told me all these other projects he worked on, they were huge. And he just kept talking about you and just like, yeah, it was just so important to me. Like it changed my life. Wow. And so I think, again, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a daring encouragement yeah, fast, yeah. but I think it's just a picture of the role that you play and how influential it is when you see it really is the, the tying together role for all the people. And then, and then people who are watching who don't understand that they're just enjoying the media or they're, yeah. you know, just, they don't realize that there's people who are paying lifeblood to do something different, which is huge. So tell me this, when was the last time you really saw you're, and it could have been run the race, but you really saw like God speak to you about something and it actually fully manifest in the industry. Oh, wow. Um, tell me one of the times that you wouldn't have got a resource or you wouldn't have got something for a movie if God didn't show up. Like you were having a hard time and all of a sudden God's like, I want this more than you do. Yeah. Uh, so we're in Birmingham, Alabama with run the race, uh, which is in theaters now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, and, uh, and we could not find a field. And you, when you go on location, you, you 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 have to get your set pieces, and you're dependent on the city. And and I think we had visited a dozen high schools, wow. uh, and it has to have the right look, and it, and the school wants to participate. And you know, there's so many factors in because we're going to go in and take over the school for a couple of weeks. Oh sure. Uh, and so uh, we were stumped. And was I, it during school season too? It was during school. Okay, so it's probably a little more different. Uh, two van loads of people driving around in, in, in Birmingham, Alabama. And we were, we were out, we were out of choices. Our location scout, I, you guys got to pick one of these. And, uh, and I get a phone call from a buddy of mine, Dave Barr, who, who works at Nike and he just a good friend, just a good friend. He played pro football, you know, just one of the great guys in the world. Yeah. Hey, what are you up to? And I said, Oh, I'm in Birmingham making a movie. He's like, Oh, he goes, you need to talk to my buddy who runs quarterback country in Birmingham. Literally loops him in. What is and, quarterback country? Uh, it's where they train, they train the elite high school quarterbacks. Oh, wow. In fact, they had, they had, they had actually trained Tim Tebow. Oh, you're kidding. Uh, and they had trained wow. my buddy, Dave, who went on to play, you know, in the NFL, they play, they've trained so many incredible athletes. So he just loops him into the call. And, and I said, Hey, since you live here, do you have any help? And he said, Oh, absolutely. Go to Bessemer Academy, talk to coach, Wright. He will take care of you. Literally two van loads of people show up to Bessemer Academy 20 minutes later. It's a little bit out in the, you know, in the boonies and they just opened the doors and they not only wow. was the football field perfect for what we wanted to, to accomplish, yeah. Uh, the gymnasium and they gave us all of the athletes for free. They wow. gave us their uniforms Wow! Uh, and they called the other schools that they were playing and uh, they allowed us what you saw, the football action yeah. that you see was live football games. Oh, that's awesome. The, I think first time ever it's yeah. been done. We embedded our actors into live football games. That's amazing. Um, during timeouts, they'd run out and the coach was on our coach. You know, Michael T was on the sideline during the whole game. Oh, he's so sweet. I loved him. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, um, and, uh, you know, every, everyone in the stands, the referees, the cheerleaders, wow. everybody signed releases. Um, and it was just one of those amazing things where, yeah. where the school actually allowed the kids to be extras anytime they wanted while we were in Birmingham. 
and they'd give them the day off to go be an extra oh on our movie. And they'd, they'd actually take their own buses, their own money, and bring the kids to be extras on the film. See, that's so, the difference. I mean, that's like when, you, when you're walking with God and he opens up doors that just no one can open. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. Yeah, so I, I mean, that was a huge deal from a from a financial perspective, but yeah. also just I had a massive need, and um, and and God God knew about it, and had a guy from California call a guy in Birmingham, and that's so. Uh, so the movie itself, that particular movie, was taking place in where? Where was it supposed to be? Oh, it's supposed to be sort of Nowheresville, Florida. Okay, Nowheresville, um, Florida. You know, just because of the Tim Tebow thing, of, yeah. you know, where the kid lands at the University of Florida. But speaking of another God moment, you know, to film at a to film at a college football stadium with sixty five thousand fans uh, would cost five million dollars, and we got it for free. What? Uh, we got it for free. What happened? Like, oh, Tim Tebow knows a few people down exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> he does. He sure does know a few people. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and, yeah. And so, um, and we actually had somebody, um, because of the mission and what we were doing with the film, we had somebody uh, lend us their private jet. And we all flew overnight on a private jet, no cost to us, not even the fuel, um, and back. Uh, so just so so many incredible things in, in getting that film made. Um that didn't cost us money, but put so much value yeah. on the screen. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I, I like about your stories because there's there's an element of the favor of God. There's an element of what God can do when you're walking with him in the projects that mm -hmm. opens up resources, yeah. opens up connections, opens up. And a lot of people get those kinds of connections because of their charm or because someone's a favor back. So it's the whole industry is like, I'll do this for you, yeah. but I'm going to call it back on. There's strings attached later yeah. on. But it seems like a lot of the opportunities you're getting from people, it's like, I mean, you are an opportunity giver as well, but but there's been no strings attached. It's just the raw favor of God to make some, especially this particular project, because these guys who had it in their hearts, I saw them at the premiere. I mean, they yeah. had their hearts for so many years. They were so sweet. And they were like, we've just been dreaming about this movie yeah. our whole lives, basically the two best yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden you guys take it all the way to you know, an actionable point, which is just so cool. So tell me, like, kind of go back in your history further than this, though, because you've made a lot of movies. When did you really start to see God show up in your career in a way that you could, it wasn't just like, oh, God was there way later, but like you started to really feel like you were partnering with God? Well, you know, I, I have to share this story because yeah. I was, I was getting married. It, it was back in 2004. And so I hadn't been married before. And and God finally brought me Krista, yeah. um, which is a whole fun story that <laughs> it, it took her a while to come around to wanting to to uh, date and marry a, a Hollywood guy. So uh, it took her a long while. <laughs> which is so funny because uh, yeah. she wears it so well. Oh, she wears, she wears it, it so well. She actually yeah, she actually ran off with another with another guy. Nothing nothing bad with a missionary to Africa because she thought she thought it, yeah, it was the more godly <laughs> thing to do was to is to go on a, you know both our wives broke up with us yeah, before we got yeah, married. Yeah, it, my wife broke up with me too. I uh, totally understand. Yeah, she's like yeah, I, I think I'm called to the mission field. Oh, wow. <laughs> a couple of months in Africa, she's like maybe Hollywood's not so bad. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but. Uh, it was a couple months before getting married, uh, and I had a, a mentor of mine. And this guy's you know, just a rock star. He's 82, 83 years of age, and he helps start the National Prayer Breakfast. Oh, wow. 
I mean, this guy, he actually started the, the uh, Bible study on the PGA tour. Oh, wow. Uh, that still goes on yeah. in, uh, every tour event. And he's just an amazing guy. And, and he calls me up and he says, Darren, I was just praying about you and your finances. And I'm like, what? I'm, I thought I was the only one thinking about my finances. But to think that this guy was, was dreaming about me and praying about my finances. And he said, and I felt like God wanted me to call you and ask you to, that we should pray for a specific financial number before you get married wow. so that you go into your wedding and your marriage, you know, make sure you're flush with cash. And I'm sort of like, well, I just finished a movie. I, I got a pocket full of cash, you know. And he goes, no, no, no. I, I really believe God asked me to call you. Wow. And I said, okay, I'll go pray about it. And I'll be honest with you. I, I've never done that before sort of had a number in mind. Uh, and I came back to him a couple of days later, and I believe God had given me a number of, of uh, $8,000. Not much money, and so it yeah. didn't, you know, but I only had a few weeks before getting married. And he said, okay, now I want you to call some of your friends and ask them to partner with you in prayer. Oh, wow. And I'm like, well, that, and that's where I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I, I got really uncomfortable with that. But he goes, look, this is very important. Do this. So I called a few of my friends. Um, one of my friends said, so am I to expect that if God doesn't miraculously show up with an $8,000 check that I'm writing one? You know? <laughs> <laughs> am I being responsible? Is this a tricky way to give me, give me money? Exactly. Yeah. It's a, you know, and he's a, wealthy, he's a wealthy guy, so I'm sure he gets, he gets that. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I'm like, this is not for me. This is from Jim Hiskey. Uh, so, uh, and sure enough, uh, just a few days later, I get a phone call from a director I've never worked with. Said, "Hey, I have a little TV movie. Uh, I was given your number. I don't have much money. I have eight thousand dollars." Oh wow! Uh, and I said, "I'll take it." He's like, "I didn't even tell you what it is." I'm like, "That's okay. I know I'm supposed to do it." Um, so I did this this TV movie wow. and got eight. You know, it's just a short project, you know, and got eight thousand dollars. I thought, but when when I finished, he wrote me a check for almost sixteen thousand dollars. Wow! Um, and so. For me and for Kristen and going into our, our marriage, it was really one of those things where God can do abundantly more than we can ever ask or think. Yes. Uh, but you have to ask. Yeah. Uh, so if we're not asking, and so now now I'm learning how to be more specific in, in how to pray. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I've seen God show up in incredible ways. No, I love that because I think that that's one of the keys to the industry is that, and, and you sharing your story, it's like knowing how to, maneuver with God, so to speak, you know, like walk with God in a way that you trust him. But if we're going to, I remember Bill Johnson, pastor Bill Johnson from Money California prayed for me. He said, if you're going to impact Hollywood and if you're going to raise up people who are going to impact Hollywood at all, you have to have Hollywood budgets. Yeah. And it had never occurred to me when he said that. Yeah. I never thought of the resources we need for buildings and projects and everything else. Yeah, it's amazing. So I'm going to pray and sow into your life for this to happen. I, I believe God's going to do this. And it, it was almost shameful and I had to deal with my own heart a little bit and just go, why am I weird out about this? Like we have to steward money. We have to raise up people who steward millions of dollars to impact millions of people or yeah. more, you know, and yeah. I just think of Mel Gibson's movie and how 770 million people have seen it. I just thought, God, you actually have a platform for this to happen. This, there's a precedence for not that we, every project has to be this huge yeah. thing, but yeah. I mean like there, there's a precedence for resourcing your face and your image and your, and, and even the things that aren't so, you know, christian or so faith-based you know the things mm -hmm. that are just behind the scenes i just love it so much and i love that god started you out in your partnership with krista with that yes yeah, because so I, i've watched you walk in faith for radical resource ever since 
you know, when you start on your own company, I mean, that's amazing that you're going after these projects. It's just, you, how many projects do you have right now that you're working on? A dozen. A dozen. A dozen. And how many will you do in the next year? Uh, hopefully two. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, which is you're, amazing. You're, you're always sort of at different places in a project. Yeah. The script's finished. You're adding, you know, you're out, you're making offers to talent. You're doing, you're doing all of that kind of stuff. And, and so you're, you know, so I'm very fortunate to have some very, very amazing projects um, yeah. with great directors on, on board and attaching talent. So, yeah. uh, Tell me a story about some of the people who, like maybe a director or a scriptwriter, where God gave you influence to change their mind. Like maybe they were going one track or one direction, and all of a sudden you just knew in your gut, or God showed you you had to go a different direction. Tell me a story where that actually worked. Because you're not a conflict guy, and you're not a conflict avoider. So how did <laughs> yeah. you know? You know, you know, it's 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 so fascinating because you know I think it's in in the. For me, in script, it's the subtleties, yeah. right? That of that, that makes a script great, or or a moment great, or a scene great. And so, um, this is really a better question asked for my wife because she'd say, "Oh, Dar Darren did this. Darren, yeah. th th that word on screen, Darren had an influence on." Um, but I remember uh, uh, sitting on set with same kind of as me, and. And you have to see the movie to understand the context of this, but I'll try to I'll try to make yeah. it super clear. Uh, and in this scene, Jaiman Hans, who plays Denver, sort of bears his soul for the first time and says, "I went to prison. I killed a guy." You know, and he tells his whole story. Mm -hmm. You know, and then Renee Zellweger responds with, "You know, you're not a bad man." You know, and he says, "She says something amazing." But Greg Kinnear. In in you know on the page and what he did just just sort of nodded and did nothing, uh, and it, and, it, and it felt flat to me. Mm -hmm. Just a guy just bared his soul, uh, and so I just had to sort of call time out and say, hey, this to me this isn't working. And and you know was a, was able to uh, talk to the director who was also a writer and and to Greg and say we have to have something here, yeah. uh, like it's okay. And and you see in the moment that Greg says it's okay, which is just a beautiful affirming moment in the film, uh, and so that's a lot of my role is definitely not conflict, but is to is to say hey look there's more here that we can yeah. add uh, when you look at the context of the script to the whole thing, but I I obviously read the script nineteen thousand yeah. times and, yeah. you know and give him my notes and. But I see, like, maybe it's just my own experience. I see other producers who try and interject their opinions, and people feel like, you know, we have to, we, you know, he's, he's challenging our creative process or something. But what I've heard from people who've been around you, I've never watched you produce, but I've, from people who've been around you is that you navigate creative change really well with people. And so I think that's part of, you know, part of maybe the gift of producer that's on your life, mm. which I think is interesting. And I, I um, even that change that could have been a there could have been a lot of ego at stake where it's like yeah. I'm playing the role just right why are you bothering me you know or yeah. lit writer why did you director you know yeah. why are you challenging this but it seems like it came across really well uh, you know ho hopefully I'm getting yeah. better at it each year and yeah but do you feel that though do you feel like that's one of the roles of God I mean like if oh you're, yeah you know because listen a, a director a, you know a writer director they're they're very involved in the thing but I you know. I can be a little bit big, bigger picture in sitting back. Yeah. 
sitting by them watching the monitor and and I can say oh that's not sitting well let's let's try one in a different way and I, and I think it's how you, and it's how you approach people yeah you know you know you're not approaching them and do it this way or or pulling the picture you know or you know it's, yeah. Uh, yeah it's how you approach people I think yeah so. okay last question on this section I want to ask about somewhere in your family and your life where you guys were having kind of a low and God broke through and he used your career. He used, he used your faith to break through in a more personal way in the context of what you're working. Cause so much of your life is wrapped around this I mean, your whole family mission. You're on this together. So like, what's an area where your boys saw it, you know, where your wife saw it, where it's like, you, God, you brought us this far and then you brought us all the way. Thank God or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I love to have my boys have a front row seat because mm-hmm. they, they, they're engaged in the prayers that we're praying for. Yeah. They're, you know, we, we were just in Amon Jordan making a movie yeah. uh, and we're there without a lead actor, which is, which is always tricky to go, you go ahead and go on location without your actor. Mm. And, and, but we're there and we're praying because the movie is going to start filming in, you know, in, in seven weeks, six weeks, you know, and as you get closer to your spending money and if you don't get an actor, you're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a, that's a massive challenge uh, for, for a producer. Is that normal or is that not normal? You, you hate for it to be normal, but sometimes it can become normal okay. because you thought you had an actor and it felt and the deal didn't work. And there's a lot of reasons why it can get that way. Uh, and we had made an offer to Jim Caviezel who played Jesus and passion yeah. of Christ and person of interest and whatever else you may know Jim in, uh, to play a smaller role, uh, in the film. And, you know, Jim's response back was, why didn't you offer me the lead role? Wow. Uh, and of course our response was cause we didn't think we could afford you, you know, and, um, and, you know, sure enough, sure enough, they, they came back and said, Hey, Jim will, Jim will play the lead role if you, wow. if you'll pay the money. And so I, uh, so I was able to go back to the, you know, to the investor group and, um, with, uh, and, uh, we were able to, to they must've been so excited about that. that I mean, uh, ab- absolutely. He's one of the best actors I think in Hollywood. Uh, he's so good. Yeah. yeah. He's so good. And I just saw a rough cut. He's so incredible. Wow. Uh, but for us, that, for that, for us, that felt because we're on location together praying over this. And, and you could get in a, in a difficult situation. And we were very, very fortunate to, uh, wow. So the boys just got to see front row God provided yeah, front row. Like one of the best front row. And they, and you know, listen, they've never seen, you know, they've never seen passion of the Christ. It's a little tough yeah, for, for a young intense, kid. Yeah. Um, but they understand, you know, when he, when he arrives on a plane, they understand the importance of what God did. Yeah. And bringing this, and they're excited to meet that actor, although they've never, they don't even know what he looks like. Uh, but they know that God brought him, and they know that God didn't salvage something; He actually created the best. Yeah. Oh my god. Which goodness. I mean, how cool is that for your boys to watch? Yeah. I think this is probably one of the only industries, and in, like just listening to your stories, outside of maybe leading a major move of God somewhere, you know, it's yeah. like this is one of the only industries where you have to rely on this level of faith. Maybe, maybe everybody feels that way. But this level of faith for so many of the big purposes. I mean, here you are. I mean, that's a pretty big story. You're, you're, you don't have your lead actor. Yeah. And then God brings uh, to me one of the, it might be a personal opinion, but I've heard great things about you know him behind the scenes too. 
but his just who he is as a person to your project yeah it's, in this it's, season that's it, just wild it was so good it was and it was just a pleasure to work with yeah so uh yeah so god does abundantly more than we could ever ask of him. it's one of my favorite scriptures yeah yeah i'm, uh, I'm okay. praying every day Everyone needs someone to process their prophetic journey with them. And we have created a new online mentoring platform where you can grow at your own pace, where we help you to develop your own spiritual journey of hearing God's voice. I want to help be your mentor. We have videos, interactive webinars, over five new videos each week. They're going to advance you in your journey and authority. We have so many special opportunities in this platform that you don't want to miss it including all of our other e-courses coming for free when you subscribe. Come grow with me. Let me train you in your ability to hear from God and interpret what you hear and really bring applications so that your real life is affected by your spiritual faith. Go to bowlsministries.com and sign up under e-courses. Okay, here we go. I have a game for you. Uh, I love games. (laughs) We're going to do something real and something fake based on some of the things you're experienced with. Mm. So this will be really interesting. So your most recent movie was entitled Run the Race, and it was one of the top 10 movies in the box office opening weekend, which is amazing. You added theaters even, which is so awesome. It's about football. How much do you actually know about football? Do you know anything about football? I do know. Okay, so we have... I do know a lot about football. We have two facts here, and one is real and one's fake, so I'm going to read them to you. The first one is the NFL is finding it increasingly difficult to purge itself of domestic abuse perpetrators after the Redskins became a federally recognized Native American tribe under U.S. Bureau of Indian Affairs. The current land designated to Redskins is not subject to the public law, 83-280, essentially stripping the local government of all special criminal jurisdiction over Redskin offenders and victims. So that's the first fact. The second fact is Terry Bradshaw, Hall of Famer, drafted number one overall in 1970, was a second stringer in college. The guy who started ahead of him decided to not enter the NFL and to instead pursue a career in his other love, hunting. He ended up making a fortune by inventing a type of duck call and years later starting a reality television show, Duck Dynasty. Now, out of these two things, the number one is Redskins are now a tribe and they are federally, sorry, Redskins are now a tribe and they're federally recognized. Or number two, that Duck Dynasty actor would have been a Hall of Famer above Terry Bradshaw. I'm going to go with number one. Oh, how come? Because it's wrong. Oh, is it wrong? <laughs> Can you believe the Duck Dynasty guy? Oh, my I mean, he goodness. He was like the best guy in, he, to enter the NFL, and he instead pursued hunting. I had no idea. No, I, I, you, you had me stumped. I'm so glad. Um, That's what this is for. Yeah. Okay, the next thing. Now, you're instantly acquainted to Mark Hamill, who – you have a show with him called I do. Popular Culture Quest, and it's all about collectibles. It's, yeah. I mean, he has so many collectibles, right? Yeah. Amazing. Doesn't he have like a whole house of collectibles? He does. He does. And it's, it, it makes me jealous. And storage like, units. Storage and, units yeah, and everything. Yeah. I mean, I heard he used to take stuff off the sets of the movies. I can't vouch for that. I, was, I wasn't there. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. I haven't seen those. But it, but he did tell stories about you know, when it when it first happened. You know, he his rise to fame. He'd put on a baseball hat and he'd walk in and go buy buy things off the shelf oh, wow. um, because he thought it was so cool. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. These are two facts about Mark Hamill. You have to decide which one's real. Mark Mark Hamill. Once climbed in the famous Jabba the Hutt animatronic puppet and scared his co-star, Carrie Fisher. He said it was hard to figure out the controls. It was hotter than a sauna, but it was worth it. Or Mark Hamill hosts a party every year on May 4th, which has become the official Star Wars Day, in which he and other celebrities reenact scenes from the films. 
I'm going to go with A. It's true. Yes. You got I, it. I, I've, 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 I've heard that story. Did he that, tell you himself? Or yeah, we, we were actually filming one of our episodes, and there yeah. was a job of the hut there. And, oh. and, and so so he told us that story. That's amazing. Uh, so uh, it was it – was, yeah, I love it. He really scared cool. his co-laborer co yeah. there. That was amazing. My favorite episode of your show, by the way, was we just talked about was Jim Lee. Like when you guys went to see Jim Lee, the artist, yeah, and how Mark um, played the Joker for his voicemail, yeah, because so he good. plays the Joker in Batman. No, yeah, a lot of yeah. people don't know that. And I mean, Jim Lee is one of the best artists in the whole comic book world. Obviously, I love comic yeah, books. Yeah, you know? obviously, it's amazing. So, okay, here we go. That was good. You did yeah. really good. Okay, one of the projects that you're most known for is same kind of different as me with Craig, Greg Kinnear. Sorry, let me say it again. With Greg Kinnear and Renee Zellweger. True to that name, I have two facts, one true and one not, about how you and I are exactly alike. Okay, here we go. Exactly. exactly. Number one, I was a producer for a faith-based company of entertainment as well. And we developed a video game for Universal Studios in which angels and demons fought. But the financial board didn't want players to play demons in fear that they might get possessed. <laughs> so we had to limit half of our roster. So that's one fact. The second fact is, I was a producer for a video game that never came to market that starred the singer Carmen... Yes, Carmen, who was going to do voiceovers for it and release it on his tour, but the project got canceled before he could make his fighting game debut. I'm going to go with B. They're actually both true. Oh, my. (laughs) He's a trickster. I did. I I probably won't tell anybody again, but they're actually both true. And it was actually the same game. Oh, is that, oh my goodness. Oh, Carmen, my gosh. And Universal Studios wanted to get in the game market, but they had had a lot of bad releases in the movies that year. Yeah. And they decided to bury the project. No. Because it was, they didn't want to have an unsuccessful game. It was faith based. So it was kind of weird for them. Yeah. So, that, yeah. So I almost had Carmen. Almost. 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 We're exactly the same. See? Yeah. There Just you kidding. go. There you go. Okay. So you have a new movie <laughs> you're producing with the actor Jim Covisel attached, who's one of my favorites. And he's best known for playing Jesus in the Passion of Christ. Which of these are true about Jim? Oh, my goodness. Let's see if you know him. The first one. Will Farrell, as his anchorman character, Ron Burgundy, interviewed Jim and kept calling him Yahweh and mistakes him for the, his actual character he portrays. The interview ends with Jim walking off the set, walking onto the water of an outdoor and ground pool, shocking Ron Burgundy. That's number one. Number two, <laughs> Jim Covisa was struck by lightning while on the set of The Passion of Christ and feels like he now has a special connection to hearing animals and what they think. I was lit up like a Christmas tree. I was doing the Sermon on the Mount. I knew it was going to hit me for about four seconds before it happened. I thought, I'm going to get it. And when it happened, I saw the extras grab the ground. Ever since then, I can understand exactly what animals want. I have become an animal whisperer. Which one is true? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, I... He he has shared the story about being hit with lightning. Yeah. I I love that story. I <laughs> uh, didn't he didn't go as far as talking about the animals, yeah. but I'm going to go with B because I because <laughs> I know he was hit by lightning. But I, is he an animal whisperer? I'm unaware no, of not. that. Oh, he did get hit by lightning. yes. But he was interviewed by Ron Burgundy, Will Ferrell. Yeah, Ron of Burgundy. course. Yeah, and it was pretty amazing interview on Funny or Die. It was one of the Funny or Die original clips yeah, okay. that he did. And yeah. So you you got. Half right, uh, half yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, you don't yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, he just told me the lightning story, but he didn't finish out yeah, with, didn't with, with animals. I, I that part yeah, okay. <laughs> well, thanks is, for playing the game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so so fun, so fun being swindled. Exactly. <laughs> Where's my wallet? <laughs> Hey, 
Hey, Exploring the Industry listeners, we have an incredible book that I just released just for you. My new book, Provision, Prophecies, Prayers, and Declarations is out now. I wrote this book so that you would have a very specific tool to help you use words to define your own history and future with God. Throughout human history, we've seen prayer and the prophetic and declarations shape society, set culture, provide heritage, and bring vision for the future. And when you combine prayers, declarations, and prophecies like you encounter in this book, you become even more intentional about the power of words. Prophecies, prayers, and declarations are instrumental for us to enter our promised land. This book, Provision, Prophecies, Prayers, and Declarations, will cover topics in finances, resources, family, influence, favor, business, and more. Through this book, I'm inviting you on the journey of learning how to use words to speak in the very fabric of your life, the spiritual realm, and the world around you. I pray that you'll find yourself using and reusing this book as you hear God speak to your heart. You can get our book anywhere books are sold, but if you get it at bullsministries.com and you pre-order it or post-order it, you're going to get a very exclusive teaching series. So I want to encourage you to get it there. Now is the part of the interview that I really like because we talk about just the industry, what you're working on, what's going on in the industry, and just a Christian perspective because I think so many Christians are curious, like what is God doing and and especially in your world, because mm-hmm. you're in the middle of a lot of really cool projects. So I'm going to start out just by asking, like, what are you working on right now? And what, what can we look forward to? Uh, so we have a, a Jim Caviezel, a Jim Caviezel movie coming out. Yes. Uh, we don't know when yet, but we're in yeah. the, we're in the editing phases of that. And I'm super excited. It's a suspense thriller. And he's so good at those. Uh, he's he is very good at being tortured. And I'll just <laughs> oh gosh, this is so true. He's a torture looking face. He's yes, a yeah, soul, he's you know. he's so good at it. Uh, uh, the acting is amazing, and, sure. and and we have a mutual friend who's also in it. Uh, Peta, Peta oh, Sargent. That's awesome. Uh, so we flew her out, and, that's amazing. and that was in, incredible to have her on set. And she's she, such a good actor. And she's so good. Oh yeah. Uh, so she has a great great role up against Jim Caviezel, wow. and so. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, really oh, good. Wait. So, so that's, that's fun. Um, and we are, uh, very, very close to going in, in producing our next film. So, uh, which you can't talk about, I'm sure. No, we can talk about it. It's, okay. uh, it's the one, um, true story that I, that, uh, about these orphans in, in Cabo, yeah. uh, that, you know, unfortunately for them, they, they were down on their luck, so to speak. And a hurricane had hit Cabo and which is built on tourism and these these uh, orphans had no way of getting any help and they were going to be evicted and out on the streets back back to being street kids yeah. uh except god showed up and there's a there's a super bowl of fishing tournaments every year in cabo called the bispy black and blue uh <laughs> where the greatest fishermen from all over the world bring their massive yachts and they pay seventy thousand dollars to enter into Man. this uh to this big event um because the purse is a million and a half dollars to win wow. this thing. Um, so uh, the uh, the locals decide to do a little PR stunt and allow a few locals to to enter into it without paying the $70,000. Nice. And the orphans got a free sort of lottery ticket. And, yes. and they got to go in, uh, in a rinky-dink boat up against the greatest fishermen in the world. And they actually win the tournament to save, wow. to save the orphanage. And so... Uh, it's, it's a project that I'm incredibly passionate about. It's a great story. What I say, Latino feel with us appeal. Yeah. Um, you know, and for, uh, for me as, as a Christian, just going, like, that just really shows that God cares about the orphans. Yeah. Um, you know, which is so much his heartbeat. So I'm assuming in this particular movie, like I could just picture cause of run the race and I know, I mean, Jim Covey's movie is probably different, but 
you had this ability to, I know it comes partially from you to make sure that there's humor. Oh yeah. It's like part of your passion is to see like these moments, like where there's, it's the connection the bonding to the audience. So one of the things I love about the thought of this movie to me is, you know, after watching run the race is that you have this ability to put in humor in these movies, which is so incredible because it's such a bonding device with the, the audience. Like I felt so connected to the characters around the yeah. race. So I could picture these orphans and then whoever's leading them, what you're going to be doing in this context. Well, yeah, we're, first of all, we have an offer out to a big actor that I can't mention his name. Um, hoping he will say yes today. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, and he's, he's a funny guy, Good. you know? And so one of the lines in the script, you sort of early on in the script is, uh, I hate orphans. And so <laughs> see, that makes you laugh. Exactly. The audience is going to laugh exactly. at that. Uh, but obviously we, we, we will, we'll see a character arc yeah. uh, where, where that changes. But uh, yeah, you, you, you want the audience to laugh. Yeah. I, you have to earn, you have to earn the ability to actually say something important by, by entertaining them. So, yeah. Which kind of goes into what I want to talk about. Cause your, your whole reason why you're in the industry is because you love to tell stories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about that a little bit. Uh, so, little fun fact. Uh, I, I was a coach and a teacher. Actually. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. So, I, uh, I had, a, had a brief season of coaching and teaching. I actually uh, uh, coach football, so nice. I know a little bit about football. But as a teacher, I, you know, I always loved uh, telling stories. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in every day I would figure out a story that fit in with what you know, that day. But you, oh, I always watched the students sort of – wake up and yeah. lean and lean into yeah. a story. And I think that's, that's, I think that's important. It's who I am. Uh, you know, whether I'm sitting here talking to you or, you know, we're, we're, we're having a glass of Camus or we're going to, yeah. we're going to tell, we're going to swap stories because that's what life's you know about. So, uh, uh, and for me as a filmmaker, I get to just tell stories that they go on a big screen that people see yeah. or on a little screen. Yeah. So talk about this a little bit because I think, um, that's cool to hear a little bit about your background. Did you ever go to like a formal film school? No, uh, I didn't. I went to the school of hard knocks. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, no, I, I did come and spend a summer at USC at, in, mm. a, in a summer film program. And so somewhat formal, but I, so I spent a summer. This is a really good film yeah. program. I mean, so, a, so I, yeah. So I'd spent a, um, after a degree in education and a few years later decided to pursue the film thing. I spent a summer at USC and wow. decided, Hey, this is, this is what I want to do. Your, I want to tell stories. So in the faith and film industry, which is so different, yeah. but not too different anymore than the secular film industry and just dividing those like, like all film and television. And then you have the faith film and television. Yeah. How did you know you wanted to overlap? Cause a lot of people look at that as like, Oh, you got to do one or the other, or, or you're going to be typecast. You're going to be just put in that box. How did you have the confidence to do that? Or was it just a God thing? I, I think it's just a God thing. I, I, I just get drawn to a story and, yeah. and a lot of the stories that I personally get drawn to happen to have a character that's on a faith journey Yeah, because those are the stories that I hear or I'll read a book. Um, and I feel like the, the themes of the story are universal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so for me, it's, it's as long as I'm authentic to the story and tell it in a great way. And if I'm fortunate enough to get great actors to say the words, it won't come off and feel like a, a heavy-handed faith yeah. message, but really an entertaining story that ultimately. Well, and run the race. I'm going to use that as, yeah. as an example because it's totally faith movie yeah. on the big screen. And yeah. I would have got lost in the main character story if it wasn't for your script and their acting ability, because there was um, 
there was humor. There was a connection between them that I, I really enjoyed. And so did my wife. We were like really enjoyed. And I thought this movie without that chemistry would have missed the mark. But because you had them and that chemistry, it was really about him and his brother. Yeah. But the story of him and his girlfriend was so strong. And I, I wonder, like my wife and I were like, kiss, kiss, kiss. And they never had like that moment. Like there was never the, because uh, is it faith-based music? Were you allowed to put that in there? Were you not allowed? Like what happened in the sense of, would you have wanted that in there? I mean, I know a lot of people are watching going, John, you want to put kissing in movies? And I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. Like when it's that kind of story. Uh, yeah, I do too. Uh, and so we, Hey, listen, we shot, we, you have to see the movie to understand the context of this, but yeah. there was a, there was a scene where, where our, our lead had to make up with, with the girl that he yeah. had, he had hurt. And we shot the scene with a kiss because we felt it was really authentic to what yeah. kids would do. Um, and it, and it worked, it, it worked really well. Uh, but there were some people that were, were afraid that, that, you know, the, the gatekeepers would, yeah. wouldn't like it because of it. So, um, but personally for me, I prefer the, the kiss and I prefer to be authentic and sometimes your marketing and all of that yeah. weighs in on it weighs in on the final cut. No. And that's, what's interesting about faith-based film, but it happens in regular film too, where there's these moments oh, yeah. and you're like, you get attached to those moments and then you can't show them or they're not in the final cut, you know, especially oh, in studio. Projects I know I, I, I would love to have an alternate version because, because yeah. we had actually, uh, you know, we, we shot two endings of the movie as well. Oh really? Yeah, we did. Can we know the second ending or no? Well, of course we can. What is it? Uh, so that, you know, again, you have to see the movie, but, uh, in, in in run the race, um, the the younger brother ends up dying. We just gave it away. I'm so sorry. Yeah, bummer. Uh, you still have to buy the DVD. Yeah. But um, uh, and so it was one of, one of those things where we shot it. We shot it with him not dying. So oh, we sh- wow! So we shot an alternate version ending, and um, and we, then we tested it, and ultimately we ended up with the one that we have. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was really touching though that he died. I didn't, I hate when people die in movies, but I felt like it was appropriate. And Sheree knew in the first five minutes, she goes, the brother's going to die. Oh, good but for not her. Be, she just knows that. That wasn't because it was predictable. Yeah, she, yeah, just, yeah, no. she was like, I feel like they're telling a story and there's, you know, the brother's going to pay a price for the other brother. Like something really special is going to happen. But I say that because, and I was glad by the way, at the premiere, I went up to him and I go, I'm so glad you're not dead. I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> Cause it was really hard to see him die. Like it yeah, really yeah. touches you yeah. now. Yeah. But oh, so when, when, yeah. So when I was casting the two brothers uh, and, and chatting with both of them, and I'm just like, you know, so I look at Tanner, who's the lead and I say, yeah. well, you know, the good news is that you get the girl, you yeah. know, and I looked at Evan who, who plays the, the younger brother said, and the good news for you is that you get the dying scene, which usually gets the Oscar. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, it's, it's just fun. And stuff. he had come like, I felt like his acting, you watched it through the film. He just got stronger and stronger and stronger. Mm. the film it was really interesting because I mean, i'm not saying like he, yeah, there's yeah, nothing negative yeah. at all but i watched him go from like i just felt like i pulled something out of him by the end yeah like the yeah. movie i felt was a good training vehicle for him i'm thinking of, you know because one of the things we're doing is we're talking about when we're exploring the industry we're thinking about all the mechanics of it you know and a lot of people who are watching films they don't realize why the decisions are made and sometimes what constraints you have you have to work with you have budget yes. constraints you have studio constraints you have marketing constraints, all these things. And the faith base, I, I, I can't tell you how many stories I've, I've heard where if someone's like, I had to cut out that scene because this investor, I had to cut out that scene because this church group wouldn't get on board. Or, I mean, the heart of a man was brutally attacked at one point because they had 
a cuss word in it from one of the people who was in the documentary. And so a whole conglomeration of bookstores wouldn't take it who are Christian bookstores because there was one cuss word, which I understand their faith-based value system. But at the same time, I'm like, that didn't really negate the whole movie. So I, I do know that there were still, we're still wading through some waters, but it's the same thing as yeah. far as probably ratings. Like, yeah, you know, we're going to do R or PG 13 or P and you have all those constraints for how you do those. And you have to think of those every time you go into a movie. Yeah, there's no doubt. You, 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 the the MPAA rates your movie. Sometimes you make cuts to to uh, either be in a in a PG thirteen or in a PG or an R, just depending on where you yeah. think you're 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 going to make your most money. So uh, there's so many factors that you have to yeah. have to navigate. Is the Jim Caviezel movie PG thirteen in your mind or R? It's a R. It's an R. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. 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 It's a, yeah. It's a it's a it's suspense. So there's suspense. Be... There's language that yeah. um, my kids won't see. Yeah. You know. So uh, it's it's not it's not your family movie, but it's a, a great great yeah. film, and I'm excited about it. And you know. So what you. is the faith based film industry doing right right now? Because we always hear what they're doing wrong, but what are they doing right right now? And you're part of it, so. Uh, look, I you know I think so much of what uh, makes better films is hiring better writers, mm -hmm. hiring better directors, hiring better actors, yeah. uh, and so that's um, and and sometimes those films that have all of those things don't always get rewarded at the box office. Yeah, but I but I think that people like yourself and and you know appreciate them be, for the value, the quality, mm -hmm. and so I do think that the we're very fortunate that you know money is coming around, the resources coming around, yeah. uh, and we're getting better at our storytelling, and you know, and we're having to be more authentic, yeah. And that's so important for me, and I think for the industry as a whole. Well, and so many people now are getting involved in the industry that weren't before. Like I just think about how many mainstream pastors' kids I've met. I mean, I've met 150 of them, no exaggeration, who are like God's calling me to the entertainment industry. Yeah. Just call me to edit or to do film or to be yeah. an actor or to be a producer. And so it's interesting because that then turns the hearts of their parents who want to invest into them because they're not, they're not doing this out of rebellion. They're doing it out of God assignment. Yeah. So their their parents are like, Oh, I'm going to be involved. And so yeah. I'm seeing like all these, every, everything from why and Lauren Cunningham all the way down to Rick Joyner from Morningstar all the way to, you know, um, I mean, it just goes on. Like you just go like all kinds of, in, in both uh, evangelical conservative world and the charismatic world. So I think there's a whole movement towards the entertainment industry, which probably puts you in a unique position because everybody has a script. Everyone has a script. Everyone has a script. Yeah. yeah. So Everyone. how, how does that play against like you have, how do you choose your scripts? Like, how do you go about it? Is it always like this kind of a God thing that it ends up on your desk or has there been a time you've read through 10 scripts and you're like, Oh, this is what I want to do. Well, m most of the, the projects I'm getting involved with now are projects that I'm finding the story. Oh, that's neat. Okay. And then I'm going and finding the writer, you know, and I'm, you know, so. Sorry, guys. You can't send your script to Darren. He is finding his own stories. <laughs> well, if there's a big check in there, I'll, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll read your script. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, 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 yeah. So it, it's rare that I receive a script that I go, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, Which is know. probably discouraging, but also. Yeah. You know, look, you know, and, and look, everybody has different tastes in, in scripts and, but it's rare that I've, I've received a script and I go, this, I have to make this. Yeah. So it's usually something you have to, you have to go, you know, you can take it and then go fix it. Yeah. And and make it better and and, and you know which is uh, great too. So uh, yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah. yeah, it's I, I think because a lot of Christians haven't been involved in the entertainment industry, um, not enough. But there's so many involved. I do want to say this. There's like, I oh, mean, they did a survey yeah. five years ago, and there was eighteen thousand Christians just in Los Angeles who felt like they were sent to their studio. These are the five major studios. Eighteen thousand yeah. Christians are working there. Wow. But I'll say this, like, in, in the sense of Christians who are learning about the industry and they're trying to get involved. And they don't, you've made a statement earlier to me behind the scenes, like we were like, they should probably go to film school. Like there's people who are coming in and they're completely green and they know nothing about the industry. And they're coming in as if they have a, they throw the God card down. God showed me to write this or God showed me to come and be an actor or whatever. And they're just showing up. Like, what would you say to that as far as like, how do, how should Christians show up in the entertainment industry? Well, all I can say is how I showed up. Yeah. And so I showed up and I was a, a production assistant. You know, yeah. and I was an extra and I was learning the business. So it was like entitlement, like God has told me uh, I will make this movie. Uh, no, no. It was just kind of serving. Uh, yeah. I showed up to learn how, how to yeah. be in the in the industry and and to find where my gifts were. So, yeah. you know, and it it took me on a journey. I, I was fortunate to to, you know, within two years of being here, produce my first film. But That's but huge. that was yeah. that was a lot of uh, a lot of hours as a production assistant and you know and other things where I was learning how to actually make a movie. Yeah. So uh, so. That that's my story. It's not your story. You know, it's, yeah, it's no, everybody. Everyone's got. I think it's everyone, a good example though because I don't um, think there's any. I, I think there's humility mm -hmm. to say let's let's go on a real journey, which means we have to go into the real industry and actually serve. And, and, oh yeah, I I yeah. I, I PA'd on on sets where I got paid nothing, yeah. you know, just just to have the experience. That's uh, so good. And you know, and I got razzed. You know, I can remember uh, I can remember a producer is back before cell phones and Google and yeah. all that other stuff. You know, sending me off set and say, "Hey, go over to the camera house here in LA. Go over to the camera house and get this part." And you know, and I, I'm a, a rookie, and I go over to the camera house and. Uh, Jeff sent me over to get this thing, and he just looks at me and goes, "How long you been uh, in town?" And he just knows I was set up. Because That's so funny. There's no part. <laughs> There's no such part. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I had to go back. It's like <laughs> so we should do that. Let yeah, test on yeah, yeah exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, me because when I first came here to be a pastor here, yeah, I didn't know what a producer or director was, and I, I worked in musical theater, so I was yeah. like, "What does a producer really do? Yeah. Like, what's the difference?" Because we, you know, in the musical theater, a lot of times the director does produce, yeah, and brings the money and it brings a connection. So I was like, "Okay, I need to learn." And so my friend who I went to Warner Brothers to visit a friend who's on, you know, uh, executive there, and he and I was actually a guy and a girl both, and they said, "Don't tell anybody. You don't know anything. We're going to tell you everything because you have to know things here." And I said, "I just in humility said, I, it's okay that I'm ignorant." You yeah. know, I'm starting from zero. I'm not <clears throat> pretending to start from 15. I'm starting from yeah. zero. Yeah. But it is it is interesting because there's a learning curve to all of oh, this. Oh, my goodness. I feel like – so I would say to the people who are saying, I have a script or I have like I'm going to be an actor or whatever, like start really low as if you don't know anything and just be honest about it. Like I don't know anything, but I'm in humility trying to do what I can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, no doubt. You, no. you, you got, but you have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere and somewhere real. Like don't go to the pay your own way modeling acting company. Yeah. Where you, yeah. Like go somewhere real. Yeah. <laughs> I say, I'm just saying that for you little girls that are like at the mall and someone comes up and scouts you out and says, you're a model. That's not like those aren't yeah. real. Like 
you're an actor. I'm going to make you. Uh, no, that's not real. Yeah, I had some. <laughs> I had somebody stop us at at the mall. Uh, we we never go to the mall, but it was it was raining here in L.A. Yeah. Like, what else are you going to do? You go know, to the mall. we went to the mall, and somebody came up and said, "Oh, your kids are beautiful." You know, and hands me this deal, and, and I, you know, she has no idea yeah. who I am, and I just said, "Oh, well, thank you." I'm, you know, I'm a proud dad, and you know, they're they're, they're getting into movies, and uh, and I said, "Is this a deal that I got to pay you?" <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she said. Well, no, the first one's free. I'm like, oh, oh. okay. So I got to pay you the second time. Exactly. Right. Just so you know, yeah. if you're watching, none of those are real. Yeah. Those are all pay your own way in <laughs> classes. Yeah. If you get a real agent or manager, they actually pay for that or help you yeah. in that process. So, uh, yeah. So, I'll just say that. <laughs> we're going to basis. Some people are listening. We're going, Sean. Why are you talking oh, about this? Yeah. We are a wide audience. Uh-huh. Well, um, how about as far as like, what's your favorite project you worked on over your whole career that's non faith based? Just a mainstream project. Listen, the, the, the Mark Hamill pop culture it's quest so project is so fun. It's just straight family entertainment. Yeah. Uh, and, and the heart behind it was the fact that I'm on the floor playing Legos with my kids Yeah. and I'm seeing how pop culture from when I was a kid to today, so much of it, although it may change in, in the toy you play with. Yeah. The star Wars stuff is still so big in, 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 in the kids stuff and. And it, it launched an idea with with a buddy of mine and we were fortunate to get Mark Hamill to, to say yes to yeah. doing it. And so it's just been such a fun project. And you guys are in season two right now. We are working on season two. You're going to work on season Because I've only seen the season one, of course. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, we, we, long story, but you know, Lionsgate had funded season one yeah. and tried to launch a platform and then decide they, they, they decided they couldn't compete against uh, Netflix and others to build okay. their own platform. So now I have, season two that I'm trying to find a new home for. So, yeah. and so I'm working on it and I feel, God, I feel, yeah. The show. Uh, but it was just a can fun, I like, can I be your intern? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a fun show to, 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 you know, and again, it's the, yeah. that was the first thing that I did. Cause again, my kids are young. They don't, they didn't know who Jim Caviezel was. No offense, Jim. Sure, no. Um, but Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, are you, Luke Skywalker are you kidding me? I mean, it was one of, it was one of my favorite moments ever driving home from set and my kids, uh, they just were talking in the back and I could hear them. And then one of them said, dad, you're famous. <laughs> it was the first time it sort of registered. Yeah, you do we, stuff. we hung out with Luke Skywalker today, that's you know, awesome. and I couldn't wait to FaceTime their cousins and you know, yeah. Uh, yeah so that's what was uh, the best episode of that so far? Oh, look, I mean, I, my favorite and your favorite is the Jim Lee episode. Yeah, Jim Lee episode I, I, I just, I just loved it, you know, and, um, but they're, they're all, they were all fun. They yeah, were, they're, they're all they're, they're, you know, they were all fun for me because we, we, each one sort of took a different look. At, at pop culture yeah so so out uh, of all the old projects your first 10 projects that you did 20 years ago or 15 years ago what is something that is still a highlight where you went like wow this is when i i felt like i'm really doing this well you know i was working um for mgm mm-hmm. uh, as a production supervisor i was not a producer but i was in, internal you know working for mgm and 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 they they assigned me to um to a movie uh, starring Denzel Washington. Ooh, that'd be so I, uh, fun. Uh, uh, oh my goodness! And so uh, here, here's here's where some people might say to you, you got to go in and you got to act confident, you know, as opposed to going in and going, oh my goodness, I'm walking, I'm working with Denzel Washington. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, but the first day uh, that Denzel shows up on the set, 
what happens is people, people um, in the props department set out the chairs with the names on them. So you got Denzel's name, and this is the first, this is first studio time where I have my chair and the props guy set my chair right next to Denzel's. So we get out first thing in the morning, 6am and I walk, I'm walking towards my chair and oh my goodness, Denzel's sitting right next to my chair in his chair. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just going, this is, this is pretty cool. You know, this is happening. Um, And he got up, introduced himself, asked what I did. Uh, and then he said, thank you. I, I know what you do as a production supervisor, all the work you have done over the months to get us to, wow, to this day. So uh, it was just, it was just like, wow, that's, that's why he's Denzel. It was, it was cool. Um, so that was a, it was a big moment for me as a, as a young filmmaker. No, it's a huge moment. I, yeah. mean, I think that's the kind of moment that it really is a branding moment where it's like all of a sudden you've been working really hard and something pops open that you kind of made happen. Yeah. Which Uh. is really cool. What's some of the dream projects you hope that Christians will get their hands on and actually start doing in general? Like what are the themes that you think that we would be strong in to go after for film or for TV? Um, Well, I I think, uh, I think for whatever reason, most faith-based filmmakers haven't done the supernatural very well. And, and we, you don't think all the eschatology movies are very good. uh, I, (laughs) uh, but, but, but I I think we should. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it's a part of our DNA. We, uh, so, you know, but it's, uh, it requires usually big, huge budget movies, but I think it's, it's something that we have to go do and do well. Oh, it's so true. And then what is, what's like a pet project type? Maybe it's just a genre. Maybe you don't have an actual project yet that you want to do in your lifetime. Well, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm only going to talk about my projects, not some, not what somebody else is going to do. Uh, listen, I I have an epic, incredible world war two project. Nice. That that is, uh, that is phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's it's is it a series or a movie movie okay movie. Yeah, i mean it's it's saving private ryan you know meets you know schindler's list i mean it's it's wow. just a phenomenal phenomenal story the script is being written right now yeah uh it's a story that i'm incredibly passionate about it's going to require you know 50 million dollars yeah to go do it and do it well and uh but it, it's a story that has to be told I yeah. love it. And I think that's one of my fun things about being around the industry and being a minister here is I get to hear people's dreams that if you meet anybody who's a musician or if they're if they're an entrepreneur in the entertainment industry or they're a producer or actor or whatever, they all have a dream project, the type of project that they yeah. feel called to. Yeah. And they're doing a lot of things that hint around that or that build up to it. Yeah. But it's going to be really fun to watch you as your, you know, one of your friends to see this manifest, to see it happen. Cause I know it'll happen. Yeah. And it's going to be so fun to watch it happen, but everybody has that kind of dream. So it's good for people to know like that are watching this, that if they've never thought of that, like even Denzel Washington has dream projects, Oh, you know, there's people who have dream projects that they're waiting, that they feel like their whole career. I talked to Mel Gibson and he said the passion was his dream project that when he won Braveheart, yeah. the whole time he was just thinking at the Academy Awards that he was just thinking about the passion. Oh, yeah. Then when he won some stuff for the passion, the whole time he was thinking about the resurrection. So it's really interesting. Like There's projects that are inside of us that are like stepping stones to the greater things we'll ever do. There, there's no doubt. And plus, by the time a movie actually comes out and, and does that stuff, you're sort of, as a filmmaker, you're not over it. 
Yeah. But your mind is is way ahead to the to the next projects for sure. Yeah. You know, and so you're you're already a couple projects past that in in many ways. But uh, so listen, I have an incredible true story uh, that's sort of in the Aaron Brockovich meets Spotlight. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, and so uh, I won't talk about the details of yeah, it today. Of but for me, is one of these projects where typically I would never be able as a you know. A smaller indie type filmmaker wouldn't get my hands on it, yeah. Because when the stories break, usually the studios they're so quick to go get them. They they yeah. have they have money, they have resources, you know. And and you're you're the nineteenth call, you know. Yeah. And no, sorry, too late. Uh, but this particular project, this story, uh, the script just got finished, which is an incredible incredible script. Um, the the guy that it that's, that's a central character who's an attorney uh who ends up taking down a a big huge um a big huge goliath david and goliath story um you know he came to a screening of same kind of different as me wow he's like i loved how you handled the subject matter uh the adaptation of the book um he says would you consider producing wow. producing my story that's amazing and six studios had called him, but he had just won this massive, this massive yeah. lawsuit. Uh, and so it wasn't about the money for him. It was about how to best tell this story. And I said, well, you know, it, it takes money to actually develop these things. So he goes, oh, I'll, I'll put up the money. I'm like, oh, wow. you're making my job a little easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm, I am super excited about the project. Um, yeah, you'll be hearing about that in the oh, near future. Sure. That's amazing. And so um, I just optioned a great book, um, you know, which, uh, from an author, Charles Martin, uh, his movie, uh, he had another movie called mountain between us with okay. Idris Elba and Kate Winslet that came out last year. Um, but uh, you know, I'm I just, them, yeah, yeah, great. yeah. So I'm very fortunate to just be getting great, great material. And, uh, and, and all of them are very different. And I think for me as a filmmaker, it's important that I'm, yeah, I'm going from a suspense thriller to to going and doing a, a movie about orphans winning a, you no, know, that's a sport. Uh, what a diverse uh, bec background. Because you, you you want something fresh for me as a yeah. as a storyteller. You want to you want to reach a broad audience. How so. often do you bring the characters from one movie into? Because uh, like you you've optioned Tanner for three movies basically. Yeah. So how often is that for you? Like, do you just want to work with those same people? You want to help give them opportunity? Uh, well, no, listen, Tanner, Tanner is a unique one. I mean, because yeah. he's, he's just got some incredible charm, but yeah. you, you can only bring them if it makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, it has to yeah. make sense for the story and, you know, yeah, cause it's okay. It's all about the puzzle piece of putting the right actors together. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, that's, but you, you work with actors, you go, Oh my goodness, we'll do this again. Yeah. So, okay. Last question. Yeah. How can people pray for you? Uh, how can people pray for me? Uh, well, you know, we, you know, we need the resources to yeah. actually be able to pull off doing the stories that we believe God wants us to, to make. And so that's, that's a big thing. Uh, but pray for our family because yeah. we do it together. We really do Hollywood as a family. Which is so uh, beautiful. And, uh, and it takes its toll. Uh, but I have to tell this one story because this is amazing. Uh, this is amazing. So we're, we're in Amman, Jordan. And... Uh, we're doing our thing and there's this young, young guy that, that 
that was a part of the uh, Iris ILA Fam School. Yeah. Okay. He's a part of the school, and and you know, and he was like, "Hey, I'm." He's like, "My name is Jordan. I feel like I should, you know, go with you to Jordan on this." <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, and he had actually gotten a, a prophetic word before he had actually met us that he somebody said, "I think you're supposed to go to Jordan." So he shared that, and I'm like, "Well, we're we're not taking any locals and." You know, and he's brand new to L.A. and not not a lot of experience. Um, and just said, "Hey, thanks. You, you, you're you're a nice nice young man." And uh, but he was persistent. He'd send a note. Any chance I can come to Jordan? I'm like, no, we're not bringing anybody from you know from L.A. And uh, but what happens is, is then he ends up going to uh, over to Israel, and he's filming on this podcast in Israel. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Hey, my flight's taken care of." can I, can I come be on your movie? And I'm like, no, you can't, you know, <laughs> cause I still got to put you up. I guess I'll get to get you a hotel yeah. and per diem and pay you. And, and I, and I was like, no, but you know, but you know, thanks for checking. And here's the, here's the crazy thing is that, um, a couple of days before we start filming our, our in 67 camera packages coming from Canada get stuck in customs. Oh, and so last second, I'm having to pull cameras out of Tel Aviv. And I'm scrambling to figure out who can prep camera packages in Tel Aviv and get them across the border so that we can actually be filming on Monday. And guess what? I text this kid, Jordan, who I know is in Israel. And I said, how far are you from Tel Aviv? He says, I'll be there in an hour. Um, and so this kid who just had this thing that he was supposed to be on the ends up going prep camera packets, helps me bring them into, into Jordan. Um, in the, here's the amazing thing is that I had no idea the impact that he had on our family. He was a big brother to my kids. That's awesome. Uh, And they, they just didn't, yeah, well, they didn't speak Arabic. Well, none of us did. And so the kids didn't have a lot of other kids to play with there. Yeah. And this kid ended up being a big brother and a servant to our family. Wow. Uh, there were, we'd work long days on the movie set and he'd say, Hey, how about I watch the kids tonight? You and Krista go on a date. And that nice. has never happened in our career. Wow. Um, but you know, that's, that's God just meeting us where we didn't even know there was a need. Yeah. Um, but God had to sort of hit me over the head with this kid's going to be on your movie, whether you, whether you want him here or not, <laughs> but he was a real godsend. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, no, yeah. I love that story. Cause it just shows there's creative provision for where yeah. you're even looking for it. And yeah. It just, and that is an answer for it too. All of us were praying for you so much. We were praying for your family. I just think for me as one of the people who are praying for you, I'm just thinking, Oh, thank you God for even just practically that they can see some of the visible answers why they were gone. Cause we we're just praying for grace for your family the whole time. Cause we knew it would be hard. And I just think so many of us were praying for you and the power of prayer. So I'm going to encourage you to also pray for Darren Mormon and his family as he's making more and more films as you're hearing about this. Thank you so much for joining us today on exploring the industry. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Industry, our brand new podcast. And it's actually part of the podcast family of Exploring the Prophetic. If you subscribe now, you're going to hear weekly stories on Wednesdays that are everyday people like you and I who are hearing God and God is changing our options. He's changing our world. He's transforming culture around us because we're saying yes and obedience to God. And then on Fridays, we have Exploring the Industry. So make sure to subscribe and you're going to hear these amazing stories twice a week. And we need these stories right now. I know if if you're like me, you need the encouragement. So come join the conversation. 
Thank you for listening to Exploring the Industry. We're believing that God's going to change the world through the entertainment industry. And we want to invite you into the conversation. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell to this podcast. Also visit us at bowlsministries.com where you're going to find tons of resources to help you on your spiritual journey.